this is Danielle Houston, and you're listening to my podcast, The Checkup. I'm a benefits advisor with Propel Insurance, and here on The Checkup, we get to talk about anything related to health care, health insurance, any other topic that we want. And today, I'm going to talk with one of my colleagues here at Propel. He is not a benefits expert, but he is an expert of another kind. Uh, Charlie Morris is joining us today. Charlie went to the University of Chicago. He got a law degree at Washington University in St. Louis, and somehow the path in which he picked led to insurance. He's been a broker for the last 17 years. He's been with Propel for the last five years. Yeah, how time flies, right? His expertise is very much around, well, we always ask Charlie to read contracts. Charlie's great at reading contracts. But his other area of expertise is cyber, which five, ten years ago felt maybe more like a buzzword. Mm -hmm. And now today, as we experience the World Wide Webs in a multitude of ways, cyber has come to mean all sorts of different things. So, Charlie... Welcome. Well, thank you, uh, Danielle, and I was really happy to be here. When you mentioned the podcast's purpose is to talk about things involving healthcare, of course, in the world of cyber, that means HIPAA and right. HIPAA violations. And so what's very important to know is that a cyber insurance policy does respond to a HIPAA violation. So those can happen in lots of different ways, uh, whether it's a nurse reviewing records that they shouldn't be reviewing or whether you lose healthcare records on a laptop or however they Mm -hmm. get lost. Um, Cyber insurance does respond to those types of violations and also uh, can pay for some of those large fines that hospitals sometimes see. One of the things that I think would come up for HR professionals that would be listening to the podcast is they end up holding a lot of different private information about their employees, whether it's dates of birth and social security numbers, all of that kind of information for them and for their families. Does cyber insurance help protect against things that might come up, like maybe if a file isn't properly locked, not stored online properly, that kind of thing? Right, so one of the things that has been hard for this cyber insurance product generally is that it's called cyber just because that's the term that the industry decided to settle on. And it's it's actually broader in a lot of ways than just cyber. So if a HR professional loses a, a box of paper files, or if there is a employee who is writing down social security numbers and taking them home and s- selling them on the dark web, you know, or, or s- selling them on the black market, those are all data breaches. They're not from a computer necessarily, but they're data breaches that are covered by a cyber insurance policy. So cyber is not just related to computer issues, and it's not just how well your systems are protected by hackers. It's any type of data loss. Which ties really well into one of my next questions for you is the biggest misconception. What is the biggest misconception about cyber insurance? You already started to peel it back a bit. Right. So that's kind of the biggest one in that it covers more than just computer losses. But the other misconception is that it can also cover other types of computer-related losses besides data loss. So cyber insurance policies today, if you buy a broad policy that has all of the boxes checked, it covers 
litigation you might have, not just the cost to deal with a cyber breach, but also the litigation you might have. And then the biggest one is when you have a hacker that locks up your computer system and demands a ransom, you know, you click on the wrong box and your computer screen goes blank and it, they demand a certain amount of money in Bitcoin. We call that ransomware. That's the technical term in the, for what that's called. And you'll have a lot of expenses you might not think of. Obviously, you have to pay the ransom, which the insurance will cover, but you also have to hire a computer forensic expert to recreate the data if you can't get it all back. You might actually have to notify all of the individuals whose information was locked up to say that you aren't sure whether the hackers were reviewing that information while it was locked up. So there's a lot of expenses involved. And then the, the last one, obviously, if you're locked up for a long time, you have a business interruption expense, meaning you've lost money because you couldn't do business. And each day that you were down, you lost X amount of amount of money. Well, that's that's insurable. That's always been insurable if you had a fire, for example, and you lost money. That's a big part of a property policy. But ransomware attack is never covered under a property policy. So Good to know. So you need to have a cyber policy to cover that type of business interruption. And also, which, which is kind of the newest, latest thing in, in cyber insurance, is that if you have a key supplier that also has a hacker attack, that can be covered by a cyber policy. So that Let's just say you build widgets, you need uh, a certain amount of plastic to build the widget, the plastic factory goes down because of a ransomware attack. You can have that covered under your cyber policy, which, which again would not be covered under a traditional property policy, which would cover you know, the plastic factory for fire, but not for a hacker attack. So it's a brave new world of insurance where a cyber policy is, is a lot like a general liability policy. It covers you for lawsuits. It's a lot like a property policy and that it covers you for business interruption and expenses that you suffer, we call that first party insurance. So it's a very interesting, diverse policy. It also covers weirdly, you know, cyber policies were originally policies for websites. So there's a very interesting coverage on, on these policies for information that's on your website where you have a copyright violation or you have somebody saying that that they were offended by your website content. So it's a website content policy. It's it's very complex and has a lot of different things that it can or can't do. So, And I think it's becoming more and more complex in some ways that maybe we haven't even figured out yet, right? Because it's still kind of a new thing that someone can break into your belongings and steal from you. And right. they're not breaking into your house. They're not breaking into your car. This is, you know, somebody breaking into some back channel somewhere else and stealing right. from your life and you don't even see their face. Right, which which kind of brings up the whole different aspect of these hacker attacks. So the other thing they do, obviously a hacker will break in and they'll want all the information so they can use it or credit cards so they can do credit card fraud. But they might just get your banking information and steal money. So that's right. a whole, weirdly, just because of the way insurance has grown up, that's something you could have insured for years, right? So computer fraud insurance under a crime policy for theft of money has been around for decades. Yeah, and this stuff though. This stuff is new. So it's, yeah. so how those interact, some of the policies for the new cyber policies add what's traditionally been crime insurance for theft of money. And then kind of the last one that is hard to insure and you, know, you might not know where you found it is what if you have an employee who believes an email that looks like it comes from your CFO or it looks like it comes from a trusted vendor and it says, change our bank account information, send the payment you owe to uh, you know, a new bank that the money disappears. What, what happens if you believe a fake email? That's called 
social engineering, right? Hmm. And it's okay. uh, totally separate kind of coverage. You have to go looking for it. A lot of insurance companies don't want to provide it. Oh, I'm sure. Because here's the thing. There's no way that you can absolutely control what everyone in your company does. Right. But I mean, we can speak to the fact that I feel like half of the educational emails that come from our IT department right. to staff and everyone at Propel is don't believe every email that you get. Don't right. click on links. Right. Don't open documents if you're not expecting it. Right. But that's a really tough piece to to try to get everybody on board and and Right. And if you think about it, if if you have an email that's sort of believable but 95% of the people won't believe it, there's still 5% of the people that will believe it and they're very good at tricking. They're, I think they're, yes. they're very believable. They, they'll send you a document that's attached as a PDF, and it looks like a it looks regular. Looks legit. Looks legit, and then but inside the PDF, there's another link that you click, and that's that's where they get you. And the, the link in the PDF is not legitimate. Sneaky. Totally. And and if you think about it, if 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 I just need one to click on it, they just need one, and those are that's where you get those ransomware attacks. That's where they get the information. You know, we've had clients that have had hackers all through their system and then they take over an email account and legitimate looking emails ask for, you know, money to be sent in certain places. And so if, if it's, I have to say, I have a lot of sympathy for the CFOs of the world because they are constantly barraged by these yes. fake emails. They just have to not believe all of them, you know, it was yeah. a trust but verify, right? They, trust, have to, they have to verify every time. And that's something, too, that I think is interesting because, you know, as our business has transitioned into being so electronic mm -hmm. and so email driven, one of maybe the first best ways that you can put up a wall of prevention is go old school, pick up the phone, <laughs> right. right? Call that person and ask, did you just send me an email asking me for $1 million right, right. in Bitcoin? Oh, that was wasn't you okay <laughs> that wasn't you right or you know i've seen requests for you know, itunes cards like nobody pays an itunes cards right you know that's just not that's just not a normal form of payment right you know sometimes the the hackers you know hack the phone lines so you have to you have to know that you know you even we had one client that was saved because the bank called and said is this real and the f hackers had hacked the phone line and they didn't believe the person on the other end actually worked for the company. And so they called a second line, a, a, a cell phone line and said, no, 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 that's not us. So wow. uh, hackers had actually f hacked the phone line. So it's yeah. amazing. They're super creative. So uh, smart <laughs> and just using all of their smarts right. for such and wicked, can, wicked ways. Even the most people that are the most sensitive to these topics can be fooled. Yeah. So, so what are the pitfalls that someone should look at if they are looking at their own coverage and wondering do they have enough do they have the right have, of enough right so i think the the one thing that i mentioned a little bit earlier which was you know do we have a uh, a business that would really suffer if a ransomware attack occurred and you had to send everyone home for the day or you had to or you couldn't get back on or you decided you didn't want to pay the ransom and you were down for a week, how much would you lose if that happened? It's something you really should think about because cyber insurance is very appropriate for companies in that situation. Even if you don't have a lot of personal information in your system, even if you don't collect credit cards, every business is sort of subject to losing money if they're shut down. So that's one of the gaps that, that I look for. The other thing is just when you when you buy a cyber policy, there's a there's an application process, and the one thing that insurance companies really don't want to cover is, is companies that 
keep unencrypted data on a laptop. We don't do that. We have no, a we portal don't. system, right? So companies that use a cloud portals don't really have this exposure, but companies that keep a lot of information on laptops, if they're not encrypted, it's going to be hard to buy insurance for that. And if you did buy cyber and you weren't looking at the details, you, you probably have a policy that excludes laptops. And so that's a big pitfall. That's the main reason you probably bought the policies because you thought you were going to lose a laptop. And, and maybe maybe the insurance company also sees that as a big risk and doesn't want to Absolutely. take it on. So that is one of those things we always look for to make sure that's covered. Yeah. So aside from all the other scary things we've talked about, yeah. what's the most important reason to purchase specifically cyber? I think the most important reason is that when you have a data breach, and you'll find out from a variety of ways, maybe your IT department will say, hey, something's going weird with our computers, but about a third of the time you get a call from law enforcement, and you know, maybe the FBI says, we have traced some activity in the black market or the dark web to your company, and we've determined you've had a breach. And so you get a phone call like that, and all of a sudden, now you know you've had a breach, you have a deadline to tell everyone affected. Maybe 30 days under state law, un under you know Washington state law is 30 days, under California, I, I believe it's 15, but the bigger point is the clock is ticking and all of a sudden you have a legal problem because you want to avoid a lawsuit f for this data breach, you have a forensic computer problem because you don't really know maybe what you, how many records you've lost and who you have to contact, and then you just have the pure cost of writing letters and putting them in the mail. So, so those things have to happen very quickly. And the biggest reason you buy a policy is because the insurance companies have all those vendors lined up for you. They've vetted them. They know they're, they're good. They're experienced. And they're, they know how to handle this better than you would <laughs> on your own, right? Right. And the price is already negotiated. I had one client uh, this, before the days of cyber insurance or uh, that had a, a data breach you know, it was New Year's Eve. They had the data breach and it made the news. And, the, you know, so they had the pressure of the, of the news organizations asking, what are you going to do about it? They paid an enormous amount of money to the consultants that came in and, and solved. The biggest reason to buy the coverage is to, to have that sort of army of experts come to your rescue when you have a data breach. Understandably so, because I think most of us would be in the situation that I know how to turn my computer on, I know how to reboot my Wi-Fi. Right. If we start getting into all of those other things, we're not playing on the same level with right. the people that are behind these And you don't cyber want to have to try to choose them under the pressure. No, of, uh, absolutely. Just having had a breach. So. Yeah. Well, we have experts here, and we know great experts out in the field. Mm -hmm. And every so often, you're doing some really great regular updates mm -hmm. around cyber and what's new and developing. That's true. You're a blogger. I see those blog posts. So someone can check out our website. That's right. Come back to Propel and look at, there was a specific July update. Thanks for joining me on the checkup. And thanks for everyone who listened and took the time to listen. We ask that you follow my podcast out on Podbean. You can check us out on propelinsurance.com, share with a friend. And certainly if at any point you have questions or you need some additional information, we would love to help. And until the next time, we hope that you're learning something new and making the most of every moment. And we'll see you next time. <laughs>